Chapter Nine of Quintus Oakes, a Detective Story. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Quintus Oakes, a Detective Story, by Charles Ross Jackson. Chapter Nine: Distrust and Suspicion. The day following the murder of Winthrop Mark was one of uneasiness and dejection for the townspeople of Mona. The court scenes of the day before, and the great excitement caused by the discovery of the crime, had left their stamp. Disquietude was bred and nurtured by the crime itself, and the absence of clues save those of the arm. It was rumored and reiterated that Chief Holland had failed to discover the slightest evidence as to the perpetrator, and that the bullet even had remained unfound, as was most natural, but people look at things in a narrow light sometimes, and this was an occasion of deep trouble and much gossip for the town. The peculiar action of the negro, whom few had seen but all had heard, and who was pronounced a total stranger by those who had seen him, pointed strongly to him as the possible assassin. With his escape had come mutterings against Chief Hallen. Why had the courthouse not been watched? Where were the local authorities? Why had he been allowed to get away so easily? All these questions remained unanswered, for few stopped to think that there were no local detectives and only a few policemen. Then, in the midst of these disgruntled thoughts and assertions, appeared the mental picture of Clark, known in the town before, and now the most conspicuous man in it, towering above all in his active personality, as in his figure and sayings. Talk is cheap in such a place, and talk has made or unmade many a man. The great run of Clark to the victim's side, and the dramatic and terrible evidence he gave at the inquest was spoken of, at first with awe, and then with alarm. To think he had gone to the mansion to spend a short time again, gone to the place of all others that one should avoid at this time, gone to the house where terror dwelt, and at the end of whose grounds the murder had been committed. Hallen, whose word was known to be law, had vouched for this. The personality of Clark stood silhouetted on the sky of lowering discontent. The only clue worth having was the one related to the arms of the murderer, and, given to the public, as it purposely had been by Clark in a moment of suspense, it had found deep rooting place in all minds. Who was the man with the great arms, and with the blue cross on one of them? The left? Here was a small town, perhaps one thousand grown men. Who had the cross? Who? Might it be anyone? Yes, almost anyone. Did anyone know of such a scar? No, but who knew of his neighbor's arms? Who could vouch for his friend? So few had been associated, one with another, as boys. What of that? It was dying years ago. Suspicion was growing like a prairie fire, first a light that goes out, then flickers again and smolders, anon meeting resistance and apparently dying, but all the while treacherously gaining and advancing in the roots and the dry stubble below, then suddenly bursting into flame. With the first flame comes the inrush of air, then come the heat and the smoke and the low wall of fire, then the glare, the roar, and the conflagration sweeping all before it. So came suspicion to Mona, and friendship, respect, and brotherly love fled at its breath, as wild animals of the prairie flee before the advancing destruction. By evening of the second day the far-sighted and most influential citizens detected the conditions of affairs. 
the older residents had noticed the peculiar similarity of this murder to that of smith the coincidence of time and place was another factor could it be the same assassin had he dwelt with them all the while since the most respected and wealthy of the inhabitants shared the unbelievable position of being under suspicion there was no relief for any one the local newspapers published extras and could scarcely supply the demand the murders of smith and winthrop were reviewed carefully and their similarity much written about the hotel and the two leading business streets were filled with suspicious muttering groups nothing had been found missing of the dead man his watch and money were untouched his arrival by such an early train was not unusual he frequently went to new york for an outing and returned before breakfast to his magnificent place on the hill to the east of the town where he lived with two old maiden aunts his mother's sisters now all his uneasiness and suspicion had been noted by hallen the chief he was a man who after living in the country for many years had finally pushed himself to the top of a large police force in a city of importance the physical strain had told on him however and now he found himself back in a small town recovered in health but shut in as to future prospects the murder of mark had come to him as a thunderbolt from a clear sky but he saw opportunities in it when oakes had visited him and made himself known he had at first been jealous but the former with his wonderful insight had made a friend of him hallen if you manage this affair well you will be famous they are looking for good men in new york all the while my work is in the mansion if our paths cross let us work together so had suggested oakes he had known about hallen as he knew the history of all police officers and had thus given hope to the man who had been used to better things instantly hallen had seen that to antagonize oakes would be foolish to aid him and perhaps obtain his advice and friendship would ultimately redound to his own future credit and possibly advancement for oakes work had brought him in contact with police heads in all the large cities his boldness and genius for ferreting out mysteries were known to them all and they paid him the compliment of studying his methods carefully hallen had agreed to have oakes testimony at the inquest taken at just the proper moment for effect and had agreed to call dr moore as an expert of course the coroner did what the chief said as oakes had said if you want expert advice get it from moore if you don't ask him you won't get it in mona the idea of oakes bringing in his testimony as he did was part of the plan to watch the audience the planning of the chief and himself had accounted for the somewhat informal presentation of the evidence that i had noticed in rural courts affairs are not conducted as they are in the city and i had observed a quick swing to affairs hardly accounted for on the ground of practice i recognized the hand of quintus oakes and knew that the scene had been carefully manoeuvred hallen sat in his office on the evening of the day after the inquest reviewing the happenings that had crowded so fast in mona and thinking not without misgivings of the wave of suspicion that was rising to interfere with the affairs of the town at this moment the editor of the mona mirror entered a whole-souled fat individual breezy and decidedly agreeable he was one of the natives a man of growing popularity and decided education dowd was his name and he hated that fellow skinner who edited the rival newspaper the daily news skinner had bossed things in a free-handed fashion 
until dowd a clerk in the post office until middle life had decided to enter the field of journalism less than two years before dowd was inexperienced but he was bright and he wielded a pen that cut like a two-edged sword and the love that was lost between the two editors was not worth mentioning as dowd entered and found hallen alone he took off his hat and overcoat and laughed sarcastically he really liked hallen and was on intimate terms with him hallen looked up well what's ailing you now he said oh nothing only this town is going loony sure as fate hallen what are you going to do hallen chewed the end of a cigar viciously i'm going to do the best i can to solve the mystery if i cannot do it i can at least keep order here give me a few specials and the necessity and i will make these half-crazy people do a turn or two the burly chief turned the conversation into other channels but dowd was satisfied he knew the speaker well end of chapter nine